Welcome to the Comic Web Superman Old Time Radio Podcast, where each week we bring you an exciting radio episode from the early years of the Man of Steel. The Comic Web sells old time radio programs and comic books. Comic Web also offers two other podcasts. One is a variety of old time radio programs, and the other is a video podcast of old movie serial cliffhangers. You can find them on our website, comicweb.com, or just type Comic Web into iTunes and you should find them. Now just sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of Superman. Thank you. I just wanted to warn you, we are starting the Black Narcissus storyline, but we are missing the conclusion. We have parts 1 through 5, episode 7, but we are missing, I believe, the last three episodes. But what we do have is, is good, and I'm pretty sure that Clark, Lois, and Jimmy all make it out okay. We apologize for the inconvenience. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look! Up in the sky! It's a bird! It's a plane! It's Superman! Yes, it's Superman, strange visitor from another world, who came to Earth with powers and abilities far beyond those of mortal men. Superman, who can change the course of mighty rivers, bend steel in his bare hands, and who, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper, fights a never-ending battle for truth, justice, and the American way. But before we join Superman, here is an important message. Fellas and girls, don't ever get the idea there's nothing you can do to help win this war. Just because you can't join the Army or Navy doesn't mean that you can't be part of this big fight to preserve the American way of life. No, sir, not at all. There is one big important thing you can do, and I'm going to tell you about that right now. You see, aside from the fact that we can't all be soldiers, sailors, or Marines, because we're too young or too old or something... It's necessary for a good many of us to stay right here where we are. As a matter of fact, Uncle Sam says that for every man in the armed forces, there must be 11 people back home to keep them well supplied and to see that everything runs smoothly. It's sort of like, well, like a civilian army that cooperates with the armed forces to help win the war. And that's where you come in, you and I. For we're all members of this civilian army. And the best way we can help our boys at the front is to buy war-saving stamps and bonds and buy them regularly. How does that help? Let me tell you. It helps our government to finance the war. It helps buy the guns and tanks and planes and all the other things the Army, Navy, or Marines need to knock out the Japs and the Nazis. For instance, every time you buy a 10-cent war-saving stamp, your dime will pay for five bullets. And every five 10-cent stamps buys enough fuel oil to carry a destroyer a full mile. So you see how important it is for you to buy a war-saving stamp every time you've got a dime. Now, see if you can't get mother or dad to give you a dime every day or every other day with which to buy war-saving stamps. Talk about this with all your friends. Ask them to buy war-saving stamps regularly. Ask your mother and dad and all your neighbors and relatives to sign Minuteman pledges. Do all you can to build up the sale of war-saving stamps and bonds. And that's what you can do to help win this war. And now, the adventures of Superman. As you remember, Clark Kent, Lois Lane, and Jimmy Olsen are en route from Arabia to the Belgian Congo to find, if possible, the long-lost Prince Saber, sole heir to the title and riches of the Sheik of Mecca. But the Sheik's brother, leader of the dread Black Narcissus cult, wishes to prevent Kent from making the trip since he will inherit the title and fabulous wealth of the Sheik if Prince Saber is not found within six months. In Mecca, Kent placed the brother behind bars and thought he was rid of him. 
But on boarding the plane, young Jimmy Olsen suddenly presented Lois Lane with a flower, a deadly black narcissus with poison thorns. Jimmy said a man at the Mecca Hotel had given it to him. Accidentally, Jimmy pricked his finger on one of the thorns, and despite emergency treatment, the poison seeped through his arm and brought on a dangerously high fever. At Khartoum on the River Nile in Egypt, the plane landed, and Jimmy, now unconscious, was rushed to a hospital. As our story continues today, Kent and Lois are waiting in an anteroom of the hospital while Dr. Hammond, the chief of the medical staff, completes his examination. Listen. Clark, I'm worried. They've been in that examination room for over an hour. Uh, now you'll go to pieces, Lois, unless you get hold of yourself. Everything possible is being done for Jimmy. You heard what Dr. Hammond said. The entire resources of the hospital are at our disposal. Oh, I know, but that doesn't help matters any. Did you see Jimmy's face when they wheeled him into the examination room? I know. Clark, it was grayish-white. He didn't seem to be breathing. You're making it sound much worse than it really is, Lois. Jimmy's a thin, wiry youngster, the kind with loads of resistance. He'll pull through. I know he will. Here comes Dr. Hannon now. Please, Lois, please, don't let go. I'm awfully sorry to have kept you two waiting, but we ran into a little difficulty. Difficulty? What do you mean, Doctor? Easy, Lois. We, uh... We almost lost the boy on the examination table, Miss Lane. Steady, Lois, steady. For some strange reason, his pulse suddenly began to flutter. It was touch and go for a moment, but, well, we managed to pull him through with blood plasma. Oh, then he's all right now. Well, not quite. He's a pretty sick boy. Unfortunately, we have no way of knowing just what type of poison is filtering through his system. We're inclined to agree with you, Mr. Kent, that it's a snake venom. However, what he needs now is a blood transfusion immediately. We've plenty of plasma, but I'd prefer the real thing in this case. Oh, please, will you take me for the transfusion? No, Lois, I'll do it. Uh, we'd prefer a male, Miss Lane. Provided, of course, that Mr. Kent's blood is a matching type. Uh, if you'll come with me, Mr. Kent. Yes, certainly. I'll be back shortly, Lois. Sit down and try to relax, will you? Uh, this way, Mr. Kent. Just step inside, please. Thank you. Uh, Mr. Kent, I, uh, I didn't want to appear too pessimistic in front of Miss Lane, but I'm afraid the situation is, uh, well, desperate. You mean... You don't think... Well, as you know, of course, we can never be quite certain of anything in connection with the human body, but I should say from all indications, the odds are against the boys pulling through. Uh, hard to take, Doctor. I've known Jimmy for a long time. We've been through a lot together. I'd miss him terribly. <laughs> I understand exactly how you feel, and believe me, Mr. Kent, everything possible will be done. We're a little handicapped because of the lack of anti-venom. Anti-venom? What's that? Well, it's a serum used to combat snake poison. We had quite a supply of it, but uh, one of Mr. Hitler's planes flew over a few days ago and blew it sky high. Would anti-venom help, Jimmy? Undoubtedly. But getting any is out of the question. The nearest source of supply is Cairo, almost a thousand miles from here. Well, that's not so far. <laughs> there isn't a plane in Cairo that would get here in less than five hours, Mr. Kent. And in a case like this, five hours is a lifetime. But I think I can... Oh, that is, Dr. Hammond, if I can get you some antivenom, do you think you can save Jimmy's life? Well, I'm quite certain of it, Mr. Kent. Well, then you'll have it, Doctor. Well, Kent, where are you going? What about the blood transfusion? You and Miss Lane are someone else. I have more important work to do. Uh, who has this antivenom serum in Cairo? Well, there's plenty of it at the Cairo General Hospital, but you're being stupid, man. I told you Cairo's a thousand miles away. This boy is dying. It may be a matter of minutes. Don't worry, Doctor. What? Oh, Kent, come back. Kent! Avoiding Lois by slipping out a rear door of the hospital, Clark Kent darts into an alley between two frame buildings. Here we are. I guess this is private enough to make the change. A thousand miles, eh? Ah, that's barely a hop. Or Superman. There we are. All set to go. Up! Up! 
Like a narrow shot from a bow, Superman wings high above the city of Khartoum until even his amazing eyes can only see the winding river of the Nile below. Gathering every ounce of his unearthly strength, he heads north toward Cairo, his colorful costume a blue and red streak through the cloudless heavens. Meanwhile, back at the hospital in Khartoum, Clark Kent's strange behavior has both Lois and Dr. Hammond puzzled. You say he walked out of the room before you could do the transfusion, Doctor? Yes, Miss Lane, I don't understand it at all. Didn't he give you any explanation? None, none whatever. I was telling him that if we had some anti-venom, we'd stand a better chance of pulling the youngster through. Yes. But unfortunately, the only supply is in Cairo, a thousand miles from here. Doctor, do you think that... Well, do you think perhaps he was afraid of going through the transfusion? Afraid? Well, I hardly think so, Miss Lane. He seems like rather a sturdy young man, a little timid, but uh, well set up physically. I'll never forgive him for this. Walking out on poor Jimmy when the boy needs him most. But it's almost inhuman. Isn't there anything I can do, Doctor? No, afraid not, Miss Lane. Your blood isn't the same type. We've given him more plasma, but that's just a temporary measure. I, I'm afraid there... Well, I'm afraid there isn't a great deal of hope. You mean that Jimmy is going to... Yes. He's getting weaker by the moment, Miss Lane. I, I think you'll have to resign yourself to the fact that... Well, well great heavens! There he is! Who? Kent, coming through the front door. Sorry, I ran out on you, Dr. Hammond. Oh, Kent, you ought to be ashamed of but... yourself. Any other human being in the world would give aid to an animal in danger of its life. But you, you, you desert a helpless boy on his deathbed. Are you all through, Lois? No, I'm not through. I'll have plenty to tell you before this is over. Plenty. Good. Here's your antivenin, Dr. Hammond. Huh? Six types. What? I said, here's the antivenin you wanted. The snake what? poison serum. Clark, you mean... Well, the... Kent, Kent, where did you get this? Well, what difference does it make? You're wasting precious moments. You've got it. Now use it. Well, yes, yes, you're, you're right. Of course, I am wasting time talking here, but... but well, ex excuse me. Excuse me. Clark, I... I don't quite understand all this. I'm sorry you thought I ran out on Jimmy, Lois. What else could I think? I tried to tell myself it was unbelievable, but Dr. Hammond... Yes, I know, I know. He seems surprised, too. Clark, can't you tell me what happened? When did you find the antivenin? Dr. Hammond said there wasn't any any nearer than Cairo. Well, Dr. Hammond was evidently wrong, don't you think? Yes, of course. You couldn't have gone to Cairo and back again in those few minutes. No, actually not. Even uh, Superman isn't that fast. Clark, I'm, I'm awfully sorry for what I said. Please accept my apology, won't you? Sure. After all, the one thing we're both concerned with is Jimmy's recovery. What's that alarm bell for? Well, I don't know. Air raid! Air raid! Oh, take to the shelter! Air raid. Oh, nice time for the Germans to be coming over. What'll we do? Everyone take to the shelter, please. Take to the shelter. Oh, Clark. What was that? It was a bomb bursting. Clark, they're liable to hit the hospital. What about Jimmy? Well, they're not supposed to bomb hospitals, but there's no telling what those not people do. Uh-oh. You better follow the crowd down to the shelter, Lois. What about you? I'll go in and stand by Jimmy in case anything happens. Well, can't I go with you? No, I think you'll be better off in the shelter. Please, everyone, down to the shelter. Go ahead, Lois, please. I I'll meet you once the all-clear is sounded. Well, all right. And if Jimmy regains consciousness, give him my love. I will, Lois. Now, to get out that rear door again. Hey, you, you there in the civilian clothes. Down to the shelter, please. Not me, buddy. I've got a little job to do. Oh, there they are. Right up above us, Eight Nazi bombers. Now, I'm certain they have no respect for the red crosses painted on the roof of this hospital. Oh, I thought not. That was too close to be an accident. All right, my indecent friends, we'll fix your little air aid. Off with these clothes. There we are. 
Now it's Superman's turn. I can't go up after you just yet because one of you might hit the hospital while I was taking care of the others. Oh, another close one. No time to waste. Up on the roof for me. Up! Leaping to the roof of the hospital, Superman takes a firm stance and is ready for anything that may happen. High above him, the deadly German bombers spread out to avoid the anti-aircraft fire that has just started. As though by magic, the narrow, winding streets of the city, a moment ago crowded with colorful Egyptians and uniformed soldiers, are suddenly empty. Alone in the sprawling vastness, Superman's red cape swung out behind him, looks up at the German bombers. All right, boys, let them come. We're going to play baseball for a while, you and I. You toss them and I'll catch them. Only this is one ball game we're playing for higher stakes than money. We're playing for human lives. One error may cause a lot of trouble. But that doesn't worry me. All right, come on. Start dropping them, you Nazi murderers. As though in answer to Superman's taunt, a huge thousand-pound bomb detaches itself from the undercarriage of one of the planes and comes screaming down on the gabled roof of the tiny face hospital. Bracing himself, the man of steel waits for the bomb of steel to reach him. One slip, one miscalculation may mean instant horrible death for everyone in the hospital. Hundreds of lives depend on Superman. Will he fail? Don't miss tomorrow's exciting episode, same time, same station. There'll be a thrill a minute. Tune in and follow the adventures of Superman. Did you ever stop to think why American machine gun crews make such good scores in their battles against the Japs and the Nazis? Their teamwork, their super marksmanship, comes from practice. Practice every day until they can hit the bullseye practically every time. But that much practice eats up a lot of bullets. And that's just where you come in. You buy bullets for machine gunners every time you buy war stamps. Five bullets for every ten-cent stamp. So get behind your team by buying stamps just as often as you can. And can you think of anything more exciting to buy for your dime than five forty-five caliber bullets? Five bullets for American soldiers to use in protecting your home from the Japs or the Nazis. So get going. Get your stamps today and every day. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings in a single bound. Look! Up in the sky! It's a bird! It's a plane! It's Superman! Follow the adventures of Superman every day, Monday through Friday, same time, same station. Superman is directed by George Lothar and is a copyrighted feature appearing in Action Comics magazine. This is Mutual. <laughs>